Hi everybody, uh, welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I'm Ann Ortley, I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm having a little technological excitement tonight. What can I say? Uh, welcome to the Weekly Weather for September 25th to October 2nd. It's fall. It's finally fall. We're here in one of my all-time favorite seasons as a Virgo. I love the fall. That crisp smell, the apples, the pears, all the wonderful uh, root vegetables that you get from the farmer's market. And so today we're going to talk about the week ahead and how to work with it and what you can expect to come towards you this week. And it's a busy week. A lot going on in the heavens, a lot of energy in the sky, a lot of really intense aspects. So you're going to want to breathe, you're going to give yourself a little extra time, you're going to want to kind of be mellow because it is an intense energy this week. Let me turn on my little pointer device here. And off we go into the week. So first up, we're a few weeks away from the election. You want to get involved, you want to push back, you want to speak up, you want to volunteer, you want to donate, and most importantly, you want to vote. A lot of voting laws have changed. Many people have been deleted from the polls. Uh, so you do want to check your registration to vote and to register to vote. So you can go to headcount.org and you can register to vote there, but you can also check that your voter registration is still in place, which I did a little earlier. I mean, I had voted in the, uh, in the primaries, so I knew it was still there, but I went, let me just check and see if it works. So check this out, register to vote. Um, you know, there are 73 million Americans that don't vote. We've had upticks in the young people voting and upticks in women voting, registering to vote that never voted before. So massive voter turnout. We have to put the D back in democracy. And we have to, with Pluto and Capricorn, get rid of those people that are trying to have power over us and say, I'm in charge of you, and go, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to vote you right out of office. So please sign up, register to vote. Remember, get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and most importantly, vote. Many states have early voting. Um, but, you know, it's worth taking a day off from work if you need to go and vote. Uh, and again, the location is headcount.org. So first up this week, we have an absolutely lovely new moon. Uh, and that happens on Sunday, which we talked about last week because we kind of do the, the Sunday both days. So we can see this moon has a lot of juice in it. It's got a very large amount of air, which means it's full of ideas. You can see the air bar is very big. It's got a very low fixed energy, which means that it's going to be all over the place. It's very action-oriented cardinal moon, and it's also very mutable. Change, change, change. Go, go, go. And we look at that sun and moon are in cardinal signs, but when we look at the sun and the moon, they answer to Venus. Venus is their boss. And then Venus says, I'm answering to Virgo, which means she's going to go look for Mercury, and Mercury is the boss of Venus, and then Mercury answers to himself. So the Virgo planets all answer to Mercury. The Mars down here in Gemini answers to Mercury. So there's a lot of Mercury in the heavens, a lot of communication. Now remember, Mercury is retrograde. So that also means confusion in communications. That means communications that are going and you're kind of like, wow, what happened? How did that happen? What was that about? So you want to double check when you have communications, if you hear somebody and you're kind of like, did they actually say that? 
you double check the communications because there's a lot of opportunity for missed understood communications this week. Also, when we look at the heavens, you can see there's a lot of little cues, see the little blue cues over here? What those are is quintiles. And quintiles are fifth harmonic, so those are things that happen easily. The planets get together, they know how to work together, they go zoom, 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 and they get stuff done. So that's a nice energy for this new moon. And I also did a new moon webinar where we're going to go spend two hours talking about the new moon chart and a ritual for the new moon. If you're going to do a new moon ritual, the uh, moon in Libra, the first couple days of next week, is got a hard closing aspect of a square to Pluto. The Scorpio moon, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Friday, and then the Sag moon both have lovely closing aspects. So I would suggest you wait for your new moon ritual for then. But if you really want to get rid of stuff, do it with the moon in Libra in a closing square to the Pluto and Capricorn, because that's an ending energy that's fierce and strong and clear. So you can see the Grand Trine and a lot of air in the planets, and there's a Grand Trine in air that you can see. There's also a Grand Trine in Earth. Grand Trines in Earth are about manifesting. Grand Trines in air are about uh, ideas. And then Grand Trines in water, of which there's also one in the chart cast for Washington, D.C., and also just the chart in general. Grand Trines in water are emotionally labile. They're fluid, they're changing, they're moving. We also see a lot of opposition in this chart. So a bit of a seesaw with planets over here and the western side and planets in the first and second house and the eastern side. So that means the chart's got a lot of dialogue, a lot of back and forth, a lot of tennis games. Hit the ball, hit the ball, hit the ball, hit the ball. Always can put your racket down and not hit the ball. Remember, Libras have that whole back and forth. They always like the last word. When you're having a dialogue with a Libra, they always go, what? You know, I just want to say that last little thing. They hit the last ball over, but you put your racket down and you stop, and then the game doesn't have to uh, be so hard. Um, so it's understanding that we want to choose where we want to have those conversations. We want to choose where we want to work with them. And as we're looking, we see that Mercury and Venus are in a trine to the Pluto, and they're going to be talking to Pluto over the next few days and having a great deal of conversation with him. But there also is um, an energy of creation that's very, very strong in this chart. And of course it is a new moon, right? So new moon charts always work for us for a while. When we look at this new moon chart, we also see a lot of energy, a word about death. Uh, of course we have in uh, Russia, we have them inscript, conscripting anybody up to age 65. We're also having riots in Iran uh, over the wearing the, the veil on the head properly or not properly, people burning their veils, cutting their hair off. Um, yeah, it's a little wild world out there right now. Going to be very wild week. Uh, and remember all those, the Venus and Virgo energy, you know, when it gets that volatile, Venus and Virgo can be a very tough Venus. And she rules all those Libra planets. It's the iron fist in the velvet glove. So we're watching that Venus energy be very, very strong. And of course, she's forming a number of aspects this week including the aspect of sudden advancement. We also have Saturn in the part of marriage, so we're going to hear of marriages falling apart, uh, relationships changing, and maybe a couple of marriages coming forward. Uh, we have Neptune, which is on the point that was active in April 20, April 12th, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that happened then. Uh, nobility and honor about moving forward and where to go. We also see treachery, 
a uh, little treachery in the sky. That's never good. And we also see Mercury on the part of death, aspecting the part of death. Now, that's Mercury as words. Mercury is details. Mercury is paper. So when we see Mercury there opposite death, we understand it doesn't have to be literal death. It can be. We can hear of a death. But more importantly, we can um, find papers and documents and things lead to endings. Because it doesn't have to be a physical death, but it is, it is an ending energy. And on the new moon, the moon is slow, which means that we're going to have time to emotionally process. But it's an air, so we're going to process intellectually as opposed to necessarily in our feelings. And if we look here, we notice that the water, you know, there's a decent amount of water in the sky, but not an enormous amount. But more importantly, what we hear can make us change, make us shift and change, because there's not a lot of fixed energy in the heavens. Next up, the phase families. The new moon that we have on the 25th has, in addition to the 30-day family, it has a two-and-a-half-year family. So the opening quarter will be next June, when the moon will be at 4 Libra. And, of course, June, that means the sun's in Cancer. And then March 25th of 2024, it's a full moon in Aries Sun and Libra Moon. And then December, the Capricorn new moon, Capricorn moon in the third quarter will be one Libra with a Capricorn Sun. So this is a longer cycle, a cre longer creative cycle, like you start a project, it'll be ready to go out in June and then it'll culminate in March, and then it'll close up and harvest in December. So it's important with these longer phase cycles to go, okay, we're working this cycle over time. When we look at, their, uh, at the chart in the sky, there's a really big hammer of Thor. Now what's happening is the moon is gonna go through there and make a quick hammer of Thor, because she's gonna, when she gets to three, she activates it. But the sun one is a little bit longer, and it runs over a couple of days. So the thun ha sun hammer of Thor, the business end of the hammer is this Uranus-Saturn square. And if you remember last year, we had three Uranus-Saturn squares, um, one in February, one in June, one in December. And I was quoted frequently as saying the cardinal people go first, the mutable people go in June that fixed people get drag kicking and screaming into December. And what this is doing is it's setting up our next 20 years. So Uranus is saying, what's the structure that we need to change? And Saturn is saying, what's the structure that needs to be built in its place? So the two of them having this square encourage us to go, okay, I'm changing here, but I'm changing the structure for conscious reasons. We also know that Uranus is, they're not going to actually perfect the square this year, but they're really close all fall. So they're going to say to us, remember we talked about what you wanted to do, and you kind of maybe started it, but you didn't quite finish it, so while Mars is retrograde until the end of March, let's get that finished so we can go on and do new things. We also see Vesta here, which is the home and hearth energy. Now Vesta can be your physical home, it also can be your office, it also can be your body. Some people live in their car. My sister used to drive all the time when she was a coach, recruiting, so that's the Vesta. So, you know, we're going to be changing your home structure, we're going to be changing it to allow for new habits, new opportunities to come in, breaking it down, and because the sun is there, moon's there a little earlier, 
Uh, Moon's going to have a hammer of Thor too, but we don't do every aspect in the sky. But this one is a consciousness energy, and it invites us to be conscious of the changes we want to make. And because the Sun is answering to Venus, is answering to the retrograde Mercury, an excellent opportunity to revise some of our existing structures. But hammers often have a sea of situation that needs to be finished. And remember, in mythology, Thor would send the hammer, it would knock the top off the mountain. So it can be big, it can also be gentle. You just go, I think I'm done. And remember, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so if you have this aspecting in your chart, there's a nail out there that wants to get whacked. And hopefully you're not the nail that gets whacked by the hammer of Thor. Then we also have Venus, as I mentioned, trining Pluto. Now Mercury trining Pluto next, because remember he's going retrograde. So he's already trying Pluto once, he's going to trine Pluto later this week, because he's going backwards and going to catch up to Pluto. And then he's going to trine Pluto a third time. But this is the Venus trine Pluto aspect. So when we look at her, we see this lovely little trine that she has to Pluto. And of course, this is an aspect that happens every year. But because it's happening right after that new moon energy, and because Pluto is really strong uh, in terms of the energy in the sky right now, because he's got that square to Eris, so he's kind of working with, you know, changing, dealing with the angry energy and the power over. So this is the people that are all riled up, whether about the abortion laws or about, uh, you know, killing people because they're not wearing their headscarves properly or having to go to Putin's war. This is the angry mobs. And of course, Pluto and Capricorn is about power over and power over Eris. Eris is the goddess of discord and she's kind of like, I don't think so. So this is a hammer of Thor um, energy that's very strong. And with Venus coming to trine the Pluto, the Venus has a very positive energy. Of course, Venus and Virgo is young women. Uh, it is women in general. Uh, and it is also working people. Uh, Virgo is the working class. Um, people that work in service, people that work in taking care of other people. So we are seeing a lot of opportunity here with the unions. There's a lot of unionizing going on. Starbucks is getting unions. Chipotle is getting unions. Amazon's getting unions. That's that the, the working class saying to the power, hey, you know, if we unite, you need to listen to us. Also, we had uh, earlier last week we had the venus opposite the neptune and we also had we're going to have mercury go back and go opposite the neptune so that's a lot about thinking about what the vision is for your next 13 years back to what you came in what came into you what idea came in in april 12th of last earlier this year last last spring and now the energy is very activated it's, it's very encouraged. It's very like, okay, let's go forward. Let's do this. So that's another nice aspect, that Venus trying Pluto. Next up, we have Venus and Mercury meeting up. Now, they're buddies. Venus and Mercury like each other. So up here, they're meeting up at 26. They're meeting up in trine to Pluto, right? And they're also talking to Pluto in that trinal energy. So the two of them are going over to Pluto and saying, hey, how about if we do this? Or how about if we try this? And Pluto's like, okay, I think that could work. Um, or because Venus finishes her trying to Pluto, she says to Mercury, look, I just talked to Pluto and he said this was okay. And Mercury goes, really? All right, I'll go in and I'll close the deal. So this is also a lot of energy around triangles. 
So you want to watch for the triangles in your life, in your world, particularly in the Virgo house, where there's a union of them. Now on a bad day, Mercury and Venus together is a con artist, because Mercury is, he can be a thief. We like Mercury, I'm not trying to call him, say bad things about him. But you want to kind of watch for cons with this one, because Mercury and Venus are working together, and they're collaborating, but they also can sometimes, with Mercury retrograde, trining Pluto, they can do some manipulation. Uh, we don't, manipulation is not in and of itself bad, but, but it also sometimes you can be like, huh, I think I got schnookered on that one. And they go, heh, 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 you did. So there's an energy of teaming up, right, with Mercury and Venus. And again, this is also an energy of communication or, or, or talking. So, of course, we have Adam Levine's tweets being revealed, and now we're up to five women that said he, he tweeted. Um, you know, it's this collaboration energy. It also is collaborating to get things done. It's also sharing information. So Venus and Mercury are sharing, well, hey, there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. So there's a lot of the details getting together and putting together stories. I kind of think of this as the classic aspect of the Venus and the Mercury trying the Pluto is like I saw you on Facebook and you were dating my boyfriend and when I wasn't with him you were with him but he told me and that's when they get together and they talk and then they call the boyfriend together uh, and they go huh and he goes oh maybe because remember Venus and Mercury are past the Neptune so there's a lot of reveals of secrets in the sky right now. It's just ratting out everybody. And if you've been doing stuff that's not so right, this is when it gets caught, when it gets found out, when you send the email to someone and you say something about somebody and you actually send it to them because they're in the email chain. It's that kind of thing. Or you tweet somebody and uh, or you get an email, you know, you read an email between two people and then it's gone, but you saw it. And you got a screenshot, you got those screenshots, because that's the Mercury-Venus opposite the Neptune. Let me show you what I have. This is also secret taping. Whenever this happens, it's like somebody who's working in the space, secretly taping people saying mean things and releasing it. So it's an interesting energy. Again, be careful what you write. Uh, it can be gone around. And also now people are really realizing, wow, there's a lot of tracking going on uh, with that Mercury-Neptune. Uh, and Venus all talking, right? But they're also trining Pluto, so this can be reveals of people who have been working undercover or working in some kind of secret capacity. When we go here, we have Mercury right after the Venus trines the Pluto, then we have the Mercury trine the Pluto. And remember, Venus and Mercury met up, and she said to him, I you know, did this thing with Pluto, and Mercury's going back to Pluto, and he's going, hi. Now, Mercury's going to have a third one after he goes direct, so this is the second. But again, because Mercury is retrograde, you really want to pay attention to your ghosts, people from your past that call, people that you haven't seen in a while who are communicating with you and saying, hey, you know, I was thinking about you, you know, connected, related very strong energy for that connection relation energy and again lots and lots of air in the sky not a lot of water not a lot of feeling a lot of a lot of communication energy but now we're getting a little more stable because the earth bar is growing we're still taking a lot of action with the cardinal bar but this isn't about emotions this is about clarity communication and 
not a lot of feeling in it, but ideas that we want to physically make manifest in the world. So that trine of Mercury, two of three, still have one more to go once Mercury goes direct, but we are dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making the plans, figuring out the details and the components. Next up, we have the Mars trine Saturn. Again, this is a once every two year aspect, the Venus and the Mercury happen every year, but in this case Mercury three times because he's retrograde. But Mars and Saturn have a once every two year trine. And Mars is in an opening trine to Saturn, so when he was back in Aquarius uh, a few years, a few months ago. And now he's trining Saturn and he's saying, you know, we were talking about putting this thing out into the world and I'm ready to bring it out into the world now. But I have two components or two parts or two sides. Now I have a lot of people that are pitching things, pitching two things, pitching this, pitching that. In my case, I'm teaching twice this week. I'm teaching a few different workshops, which, you know, I usually teach, but I don't usually have them all kind of in a clump. Um, so the Mars trying the Saturn has a lot of energy about bringing things out into the world because it's what we call an opening trine, again, high air bars. But now we have a little more water. We have a little more feeling behind it. So we're feeling a little more passionate with that Mercury trining the Saturn. Again, an air trine, so it's got a lot of communication. But now we're also seeing we're adding in a little earth, we're adding in a little fire. We're, we're able to kind of get the vision moving. Because remember, we have the idea, then, which is air, then we have the vision, which is fire. Then we add in the emotional component. The emotion has to be there, otherwise you don't do it. Once the emotion is there, then you manifest. So it's an interesting aspect, this Mercury, this, I'm sorry, this Mars trine Saturn is an interesting aspect because it's going to encourage us to get things done, get things out into the world, to finish them up and set them off. And of course, Mars is going to come to square Neptune. That's not going to happen this week, but as he comes to square Neptune, he activates that Neptune. Uh, and then remember back in April, Jupiter and Neptune met up to start a new 13-year cycle. So he's kind of going, okay, let's get this rolling. And if you remember, Saturn was back at 23. Vesta is at 23, talking to the Neptune. So we need to have the structures in place to make the dreams come true. So these guys are working on that structure. So think about projects you began since May uh, and then really initially had the idea for mid-April. Now they're going to be like, okay, let's get it moving. Now in my case, I'm uh, on the board of OPA, and we split it into two organizations. We have a C3 and a C6. And so this week, we're doing the banking and the paperwork and getting all the money in the different pots. So I know what I, I know my aspect here uh, as the treasurer. Um, I'm the one that has to go to the bank instead of the bank accounts. So that Mars trying the Saturn there is very much about, okay, we need to do this and we need to do that. And again, with Mercury retrograde, a lot of organization or reorganization energy flying around. Next up, Venus leaves behind Mercury and uh, Virgo and enters Libra, which is nice. Now, she's on a world point, and that happens on Thursday. So when Venus goes into Libra, she's in one of her favorite signs. And it's kind of like she's been working on the farm, doing the Virgo chores and the Virgo chores and the Virgo chores, and now she gets to leave the farm and go to the dance on Saturday night and have fun and hang out. And she's working on catching up with the sun, which she's going to do on the 22nd of October. But this whole next couple of weeks, while Venus goes 
um, from September 29th till October 22nd, when she meets the sun, she's dancing behind him. And so the sun and Venus are what we call uh, connecting. They're Right now they're combust, which makes Venus be like, oh, I'm on fire for you, sun. And then they have a Kazemi where they kiss, which is October 22nd. So, But this is Venus in her favorite sign, and the sun in Libra is answering to Venus, so he's like, honey, come dance with me. So this is a lot of opportunity for connection, relationship, partnership. We are going into eclipse season. It starts on the new moon on October 24th, but we are in the entryway to it, and we are going to have that lovely Venus-Sun conjunction. And that's going to be the first time in 100 years, because the last 100 years Venus and Sun have been meeting up in Scorpio. They're going to meet up in Libra, and they're going to meet up at 29 Libra, uh, which is the same aspect from October, November of 1982, and they're going to say, oh, we're falling in love. We're starting a new love connection, a new romance. So this is a really lovely energy. For those of you who've been thinking about romance, will it ever come? Will my prince arrive? Will my princess arrive? This is it. Uh, and so it's a lovely energy. So we're going to see Venus as she shifts. She says, sun, let's meet up. And the sun's going to go, okay, honey, I'll meet you on the 22nd under the bleachers or in the baseball field or in the bedroom, wherever. Let's dance on Saturday night. Energy is very productive for money, value, new projects that bring you value and money. Next up. Ceres enters Virgo. Now Ceres has been in Leo for the last little bit and you can see she is, where is my little Ceres? There she is, she's entering Virgo. Now Ceres Demeter is the Ceres and Demeter are the harvest. So this is a very strong energy around harvest, around growing things, around making things bloom and grow. And as Ceres enters Virgo, she settles down. She's been hanging out, having a good time, singing and dancing, and now she's getting to work. But she loves to be in Virgo. She loves to get the dearth under her fingers. She loves to harvest things. So this is, of course, as we're getting into fall, we're getting into the harvest season, the last little bits before the frost. The apples, the, the pears, the peaches, the fruit, the vegetables, the nice big squashes. And Ceres is like soups and a nice big pot of squash soup. So she's got a whole energy thing. Also, this is an excellent time to start a new diet or a new food program because she's kind of in the mood to support that and to help you create. Now, she doesn't rule any sign, but she is in Mercury. Uh, she is in Virgo, so she's answering to that Mercury retrograde. And of course, Mercury is approaching the Neptune. So this is a great time to try some new, new processes, some new diets, some new ways of being, establishing new habits around your food and your food's creativity, uh, you know, and how you creatively consume the nutrients that support and sustain your body. So it's an interesting energy with this, this series answering to the Mercury retrograde. And it can be you go back to old things. Notice, not a lot of fire in the sky for this one, but very much the idea and very much the, the agenda of change with the high mutability. And next up, Mercury goes direct. Thank God, Mercury retrogrades almost. We still have to get out of our shadow. But he stations to go direct next Sunday, October 2nd. And he stops in the sky. And then he's going to go direct. So he's going to go back through the Virgo, trying Pluto for a third time. And then he's going to zip into Libra. But as he stops to go direct, all the planets... 
that have been working with him, all the ghosts that have been talking to you, all the people from your past, a lot of memories, you know, high school reunions, college reunions, getting together with people you haven't seen in a really long time. Mercury is now going to go forward and say, okay, let's go forward and create this new energy because I'm ready for a new beginning and a new direction. Uh, and then, of course, in that Mercury retrograde, we also have another hammer of Thor because now Venus has moved in. Remember, the sun did it earlier in the week. Now Venus has moved in to become the handle. And she says to the Uranus and the Saturn, what are we doing? I thought we were talking about this. But didn't you talk to the sun about this? And they go, yeah. She goes, okay, so we have to feel it. We have to do it. We have to get into it. We have to commit to it emotionally. We have to desire it with our hearts. So even though you see it with the sun and you talk about it and you think about it, now Venus is coming along in her rulership and she's going to say, well, I think you talked to the sun about doing this because she's following him. You know, the sun says something and Venus comes along and she's kind of like, okay, so you talked to sun about it and he said this and you go, I did, I talked to sun about it and they said, we agreed to that. Okay, well, let's firm up that deal. Let's get the contract. Let's figure it out. That's... <clears throat> excuse me, Venus now forming the hammer. And if you didn't get rid of it when the sun came through, Venus comes through and she's very gracious and she's very nice and she says, okay, now you have to go. So if you've ever been at a party, you know, I had a friend who worked um, as a fundraiser and so she would kind of hang out with the president when they were doing meet and greets for donors and she would bring them over and then when he, you know, he was talking and then she'd kind of hustle him along to the next thing and talk to the next one and then kind of hustle him along to the next. She was kind of the flower, you know, the one that helped the things flow. So Venus is going to do that with she forms this hammer of Thor. She's going to help things flow and keep, keep the sun on track or firm up the deals that the sun had because that Venus in Libra is forming that hammer with Saturn and Uranus. And she's saying, you said you were going to make these changes. And you go, I know I did. Just time to do it. And again, when more flies with honey than vinegar, so she's very sweet, but she's very clear. Remember, Venus and Venus is not one to be fooled around with, and she is the iron fist in the velvet glove. Gracious, kind, lovely, but just changes the conversation and gets everything to move along. Okay, uh, so on to, the, on to the day, the week. So as we mentioned, the new moon. Sun this week goes from uh, zero Libra to nine, moving a degree a day. And as we mentioned, it has that hammer of Thor with Uranus and Saturn. It also has, uh, with Vesta, kind of changing things. It also has an adjusting energy to relationships on October 2nd because it has a quincunx to uh, partnerships and relationships. So there's a lot of change. We also have the Sun... Um, opposite Jupiter this week and so the Sun opposite Jupiter takes place in the middle of that hammer of Thor on the 26th and the 27th which fuels the Sun so the Sun facing Jupiter goes I got a little fire I got a little air that whole energy I talked about with a blast of air when you know when they open the elevator doors and the fire blares out kind of thing that's why you have fire doors that slam behind you if you live in an apartment building so the fire can't spread um, so, but it's a very fiery hammer of Thor because Jupiter uh, is opposite the Sun. And later in the week when we have the Venus hammer of Thor, Jupiter's over here opposite the Venus. 
Uh, Mercury this week runs from 28 Virgo back to 24 Virgo. He's not moving very fast because he's stationing this week. So he's only moving four degrees. And the day or two before, the day, maybe probably two days before, day two days after when Mercury stations, we are stopped. The world stops and kind of listens and pays attention. So we're going to watch for what that is. Mercury and Venus, as I mentioned before, meet up with Venus. Mercury and Venus meet up and share information. And then Mercury talks to Pluto uh, after Venus talks to Pluto. So she, he talks to Pluto on the 27th, and Venus talks to Pluto on the 26th. But then Mercury's going to talk to Pluto a third time. So Mercury's pretty communicative. He's in a sign he likes. He's stopping, getting, you know, figuring out things, and then he's going to station at 2411 and go back over those Virgo planets and back over the Libra planets for the third time, clarifying stuff. So you're not done quite talking to your ghosts, but you're figuring out what to do with the ghosts that have come and talked to you. Uh, Venus this week goes from 20, um, uh, 25 Virgo up to 4. Uh, I believe it is four. Let me look. Four, four Libra. Yep. Um, so she's moving at a pretty fast clip. She's not going to catch the sun until the 22nd, but she's zipping along. So as I mentioned, she has the trine to Pluto, which is talking, and then she forms the hammer of Thor towards the end of the week. She has the opposition to Jupiter on the first of the month, and then she forms the hammer to the Uranus-Saturn on the second. Again, she's following up for the king, the sun, and saying, well, didn't you make that deal? And the sun, sun, sun goes and says, I, I follow up on that, Venus. And she's like, okay. So that's what she's doing at the end of the week. So there's part one, part two, but it also is the illumination, you see it. And then the Venus says, okay, now that you've seen it, you have to do something. And you know how that is. Once you see it, you can't go back. Venus also has uh, enters Libra this week. She does that on the... Uh, 29th, and so she'll be in Libra, her favorite sign, uh, as of the 29th. And then, it's a busy week, like I said, Mars this week is running from uh, 18 Gemini through 21 Gemini. Not a whole lot of aspects, but most importantly is that opening trine that he has to Saturn. Trines are flowing energy, and it's an air trine. Uh, Mars is in Gemini, so he is listening to um, Mercury retrograde and the, the suggestions that Mercury is making about changing things and improving things and trying it a little differently. Remember, all those outer planets are all retrograde. They're all going to start to go direct in the next couple weeks. So they've been reviewing, revising, revisiting, and then they're going to get ready to go. And so Mars this week, when he has that trying to Saturn, says, are you ready? He also has a biquintile to Pluto. That was those cute little cues I was pointing out to you. Those are, those are harmonics that make things flow. And so if there's an energy of ease about Mars this week where he's kind of like, I think I want to do this. And nobody's saying no to him. He also has a semi-sextile from Uranus in Taurus. And Uranus in Taurus is going to talk to him and say, I think maybe you should try this. And it's suggested you listen to Uranus. Mars might not, or he might go, well, I kind of want to do this instead. And Uranus is like, not a great idea. You should do my plan. And remember, Mars is going to go retrograde, so Uranus is going to remind him, I told you to do this back in that last week in September. So if you don't take the advice, <laughs> if Mars does not take the advice from Uranus now, 
he will have two more opportunities when Uranus whispers in his ear and says, I told you to do that. So again, we're being asked to change. The whole idea is we have to change our habits, get new habits in place to help us build the life we want to build. And sometimes that means shifting out of things, other times it means bringing new things in. We also have Jupiter in a semi-square to Uranus. Again, taking action to change the habits that we've built in our life so that we can move forward. And so that's asking us to change and shift things because uh, Uranus is saying you have to change. Now remember, both Jupiter and Uranus are backwards, so they're going to make this aspect again one more time when they go forward, but this is revision time. What habits do I have to change to get to where I want to go, and more importantly, how do I do it? The other planets are pretty quiet. Uh, we talked about them already, um, and I don't see anything else I feel like I need to say. There is a little contention in relationships on the 1st of October because Juno is in a semi-square to Eris, the goddess of discord. But this is an old story. This is not a new story. This is a story you've already talked about at least 100 times, and it's back again. But now you're kind of feeling like, gee, I need to maybe take some action on it. When we look at our month, our moon calendar, this week the moon is, of course, the new moon is on Sunday at 5.52 p.m., the moon is in Libra as of 12.43 p.m. on Monday. Going, It goes went void this morning at 8.49, and it's in Libra on Monday. And on Tuesday, it goes void at 12.21. It's void from 12.21 to 7.15 Tuesday after evening. And then it goes into Scorpio. And it's in Scorpio Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it goes void at 5.20 p.m. on Thursday with a... Uh, sextile to Pluto. Moon in, Ver Moon in Scorpio sextiles Pluto. And then it's void Thursday evening and it goes into Sagittarius 12.03 uh, a.m. Friday morning the 30th and it's in Sagittarius Friday the 30th. It's in Sagittarius the 1st. It goes void at 5.46 p.m. on Saturday afternoon with a square to Mercury. And at that point Mercury has gone direct. I'm sorry, Mercury is stationing so there's like a what are we doing? Where are we going? And then Mercury goes direct the next day at 5.07 with the moon in Sag. Uh, moon having left Sag and gone into Capricorn at 3.38 a.m. And the moon in Capricorn uh, closing aspect is Monday with a conjunction to Pluto. Sunday's hard uh, when Mercury goes direct and when the moon is in Capricorn. Sunday the 2nd of October is hard. There's also a little bit of contention on the 1st, on Saturday the 1st. But the intense days this week are the 29th, that's a very intense day, and also Monday the 26th. So those are the ID days. We've renamed it, it's not the DB days anymore, it's the ID days, the intense days, per DB asking for it to be changed. And then of course Monday, uh, the new moon on the on Sunday is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, and there's a whole bunch of new and exciting conjunctions on Monday the 25th. So that's an easy day, although it's very fast and pretty intense, because there's so many aspects in the heavens, and that new moon has so many aspects in it. You saw how busy it was. So the energy is very intense this week, and hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to use it. Uh, cruise coming up January 22nd to the 28th. Contact Hildy, sign up as you're in my group, 
we all eat together, all the astrologers and the Reiki healers and the card readers and everything. We're all going to hang out together um, in the crystal healing classes. So it'll be great fun. Um, and you can purchase the my group on my website, but then book the cruise through Hildy. Um, I am going to be speaking later today at the Lake County Astrological Association in Cleveland. So you can sign up and listen. It's going to be from 11 in the morning to 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It's a hybrid workshop, so there's going to be people in the room and then people that come in on Zoom. So you can register uh, for the workshop to Lake County members. It's, uh, you know, it's different prices if you're a member or not member, and you make payment through their website, the LCAA website, Lake County Astrological Association. And then I'm going to be speaking for them on Monday, uh, coming together, analyzing relationships in our lives to see their purpose. Um, so the one on Sunday is ast Asteroids of Connection and how we connect. And then the one on Monday night is coming together to work on relationships. Same idea. It's a hybrid in person. You can sign up on the website. And then on Tuesday night, I'm working, uh, speaking for the Las Vegas um, NCGR. And so the treasurer in Las Vegas, Stargazers. Um, so you can sign up there with PayPal. And the donation is $12. And it will be a two-hour class on, but it's out in... Vegas, so it's late for the East Coast people. And then my friend Kay and my friend Margaret and my friend Rachel are teaching, I don't know the other two people, I know Armand a little bit, but they're teaching a really good class on relationships and astrology. And so if you want to sign up, you get a discount um, using the AND25 code. <laughs> kind of weird. I norm normally promote other people, but these guys are really good astrologers, and we are really having a lot of relationship challenges. So I thought it might be an interesting thing uh, to just say, you know, these are people I really love uh, who are really good astrologers who are teaching a good class. And then, of course, Cupful of Stars. Sign up to receive a daily 6-10 to 10 minute audio in your email, send to your phone, send to your email address, or you can hop on the app and listen to it there. Uh, and it's uh, you get a list of the daily aspects, and you get a recording of that whole thing I did, like in a week, I give you every day, but in much more detail, what the theme is, how to work with it. And then uh, we also are reprising. OPA had a live conference in Tucson. So for all OPA members, um, it's free. And for those of you who are, didn't sign up for the online conference or attend in Tucson, you have to pay $150. But it's really good. It's a bunch of really good astrologers. It's over two days. It's the content that we presented in Tucson, uh, but we're doing it again, so it'll be a little different. It'll be a little fresher, a little bit changed. But it's a lot of energy around um, how to work as an astrologer. So the, con the content is really excellent. I was really impressed with it. Um, and then, of course, my Pluto return for the United States and the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which I referenced a bit, that took place on April 12th. So hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the energy of the week. And I'm wishing you a great week and a wonderful time with this new moon and the energy of fall and the energy of harvest. And, of course, Venus, the goddess of love, going into one of her favorite signs and heading towards the first Venus star point 
She hasn't been in Libra for, she's been in Scorpio the last 100 years, which is the, uh, but now she's going to the we, the connection, the love energy. So I'm really looking forward to this Venus-Sun conjunction um, on, April t on October 22nd, which we'll talk about more when we get closer. But that's the energy for the week, and hopefully you have a great one. Take care. Bye.